Live from 1040 Old Street, this is the Hoops Post Game Show here on 93.7 The Ticket. I am Jake Bakovin. He is the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet, Eric Strickland. And we are celebrating a Husker victory today. It was one of those games where you didn't necessarily have to watch the second half to know what was going to happen as Nebraska was going to pull away with the win after a big halftime lead, huge halftime performance in the first half from Nebraska. It's nice to be on the opposite side of those because there's unfortunately been few games of those this year for Nebraska um, on where the losing effort where you knew they were going to have a tough time coming back. Michigan did make a little bit of a run, I think, to cut it. Um, close to 15 or, or around there in the second half, a little bit of an 8-0 run, uh, about uh, seven or eight minutes left. But ultimately, Nebraska uh, gets the win on a big first half effort. They end up leading by the end of the first half, 45-25, to 25, and that was only due to an 8-0 run by Michigan at the end of that half. Uh, so Nebraska had an even bigger lead on Michigan. Very interesting as we go through this as well. Um, because Nebraska started their big lineup once again, Josiah Alec right in the middle of it. And uh, when I say the middle, I mean middle of the court, jumping for the ball. But And, and sometimes I, I was kind of going back and forth to myself. Now, tonight it makes sense because Michigan has some big men, so to go with the big lineup makes sense. But, you know, we, we've been talking uh, on this show and, and throughout the week if it makes sense to start Alec other than the jump ball and he really energized them to begin this game. Kasey Tamanaga getting, started getting going, and therefore um, the Pinnacle Bank Arena crowd was going up, but it really opened up some spacing, pretty passing, uh, and uh, you could just see the effort. I mean, they've talked about it in, in their pregames and their postgames. It's kind of frustrating at times to hear Coach Hoiberg say, yeah, this game's really going to come down to rebounding and turnovers, and then Nebraska has problems on the road with rebounding and turnovers. Today, uh, they won some of those differentials, uh, as uh, as Strick likes to put it. Um, so, big win, once again, for Nebraska. 79-59, to continue that undefeated streak at home, uh, and, uh, and now move up to 17-8 and overall, 7-7 and in Big Ten play. Strick, what are your initial thoughts from a, a gigantic win? Some label it must win, especially considering where Michigan was coming in to the Big Ten, uh, in the Big Ten standings, excuse me. I'm going to differ a little bit. From from you, not not in a bad way, but I I agree with you. As I was looking at it initially, being that Michigan, they're very pretty perimeter dominated outside of big you know big Reed Junior. Um, they're pretty perimeter dominated, more more so for forwards. Um, in in the style that they play, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe no Alec, but to me it looked like the game plan early on was similar to the one that they had against Northwestern, which was we're going to pound it inside on a lot of high-low action and get Alec the ball and and let him get off to a good start. What I appreciate about Alec is not having a good game last game, zero like rebounds, and he looked like, he seemed like he was challenged tonight. So you saw him get off to an early start on getting rebounds getting after it, attacking. He looked very aggressive, ended up 7 for 10 for tonight. But guess what? Led the team in rebounds. So this is why you know that there was a discussion that was made about this group and, and the effort that they gave while they were on the road. So the effort was great. The numbers, the passing, the making the extra the pass, it, it was meaningful extra passes. It wasn't the extra pass just to make it, but it was the extra pass for the better or the greater shot 
than it was necessarily for just the ability to get a shot. So I, I, I love that about it. It was, um, you know, it was good to see aggressive guys like, um, you know, coming off the bench, Jamarcus Lawrence still struggled a little bit, but, you know, got after it on the rebounds, pushed the ball, pushed the tempo. And one thing that they did tonight that I hadn't seen in a while, and I'm going to get into a few other deep things uh, about what I saw, but it was deep probes. It was turning the corner, getting deep, and then being able to find those trail guys. C.J. Wilcher a couple times, Mass. There were some big threes that opened the lead up early, but a lot of it came from deep penetration and finding those trail guys for either the shot or the greater pass to the next shot in which they made. Oh, that's interesting. I, I I could agree with you, too. I mean, Nebraska definitely took advantage uh, of their size down low and, and ended up winning this uh, this game with points in the paints 38-18. to 18, And it was pretty tough early on for Michigan to keep up with them. And part of that, too, was offensive rebounds, which has been a problem, of course, on Nebraska's side's giving those up. But they were fighting for them uh, early on, and, and part of that is going low. And if you miss, and, and uh, you know, you can, you, Alec and, and Mass both had this in, this in this case where they were fighting for the rebound uh, and, and, and able to put it back in. But, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely, I think, critical for Alec to have a big game um, as as we were kind of mentioning uh, coming off maybe one of his tougher performances as a Husker and coming out with one of his better performances as a Husker 16 points, 8 rebounds and again on the attack. How much do you want him to well, be? Well, 8 assists. Well, that was Mass. Mass had 8 assists. 8 assists. Yeah. Yeah, but you're talking about Alec. Alec, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, and I wanted to ask you too because Alec you know, everybody kind of goes through their streaks and he's got a, a certain role, right? He averaged 7-5 and five, and I think that's kind of more what you expected. I mean, he had that by the 10-minute mark of the first half. Um, is this one of those nights where he's just kind of hot and doing the right things, or do you think this is something we can see a, a more, actually, a more of a role from Alec moving forward, or is this just his night? It was doing, his the, right, it was doing the right things, but I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to tell you what I sense. I can't tell you because I didn't go to practice, uh, but I can sense that this happened. There was a discussion about limitations. You, you, we don't want you dribbling from this spot to this spot. You catch it in the post, one, two dribbles, attack, and go up. Because that's what really happened. You saw there wasn't a lot of trying to do all the sometimes the stuff that Alec would do, similar to what Mass did tonight in, in one instance where they were going to a dribble handoff. You knew that they were switching. You fake and kind of drive. Uh, they don't want that from him. He just he doesn't have good control of his 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 body and and his dribbling at the same time. <laughs> I hate to say that, but that's that's the case. It looked like there was limitations, and it looked like it was catch, rip, to go and go to finish, and that's what he was comfortable with. And it was a lot more fluidity uh, fluidity to it as opposed to uh, looking awkward uh, in in a lot of the moves that he was making uh, in previous games. And we did see, once again, Jamarcus Lawrence come off the bench. He came off the bench uh, quite early in this game. Like you said, uh, not the best shooting night, uh, two of nine, but was uh, in, in hit one three, but was one of five from beyond the arc. So that actually lower his three-point percentage on the season. Uh, but six rebounds. Um, is that roll off the bench, you think, is something? Because Fred Hoiberg had talked about it and said that's something he kind of embraced. He liked it. Um, coming out of playing off one of his better games of the year against Northwestern, uh, do you do you continue to kind of bring him off the bench? He seems to be uh, like like I said, liking it, but it's not an automatic fix to how you fit in in the team, right? Sometimes it can give you the juice, um, but I, I suppose 
he did a good job of, of limiting turnovers, just one turnover tonight. Um, but I think a lot of people were probably hoping to see him repeat the type of performance he had in the past game. And despite a big win, you know, we're, we're, I'm critiquing and nitpicking right here. But for Jamarcus Lawrence, it does, you know, it, it's not always as simple as just find a new role. He, you know, he, he's got to find a, a, a better way to contribute, I think. Well, some things that you can you can find when you you have a, a struggling uh, player, like let me give you an example. In baseball, what they do if you're a one to five hitter in the lineup, they'll be what they'll do is they'll move you down, and they'll allow you to kind of see more pitches, see the game go, just mm-hmm. relax, relax your mind. That can happen when you come off the bench. You kind of have an idea of when you're going to go into the game. You allow the game to see see things developing, see how things are going, see how the team is playing you, see what they're doing on defense, see you know where their their opportunities and and things will present themselves. See who's hot. There's a lot of things you can observe that you don't necessarily get to do when you're in a starting role. So it, but it allows you to relax a little bit more, kind of get into a little bit more comfort, and then come in and, and hopefully contribute. And as we go through the numbers too, I mean, we talk about it, and it's 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 notable here. Nebraska forty three rebounds actually wins the re- rebounding battle against Michigan. That's something not something we've been able to say. Also, uh, sixteen offensive rebounds. Now, Michigan they did get eighteen offensive rebounds. So again, that's probably that's too much for Nebraska uh, to give up. Um, thankfully, they were competing on their side, and and there was. I mean, it wasn't all. Um, just boxing out from the big guys. I think there was one stretch play where we saw Lawrence get knocked down and, and end up with the ball. And then, you know, on that same possession, Hoiberg uh, misses his three. He tracks it down in the corner and saves the ball up top. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I think they, they were winning the loose. They were winning yeah, the 50 yeah. 50 thing, the balls, uh, the possessions. They were hitting the floor. They were being active. So, yeah, but it's, but here's the thing, Bach. Let's, let's just be honest, you and I right here. They were, if they would play with that same intensity on the road, and I'm not talking about just for five minutes, they would play that at same intensity down this next stretch. They've got a chance to do something special. Here's why I say that. This is this is what you're looking at. You're looking at a large grouping of Big Ten teams all the way up to Illinois, and they've got tough games still left in front of them. You've got probably one of the easier schedules outside of, I think, Wisconsin, which has a very similar schedule to you. But you literally, if you go on a run right now, Bach, you can look at getting up to as far as number two in the conference, which I'm remember doing something special. When we were in this position last time, Bach, football season. There when they go. were sitting right there oh, yeah. with an opportunity to do something special and they just weren't able to. And I'm talking about special, not just going six and six. I'm talking about doing something yeah. special. Five and three with, what was it, three games left? Or, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. With not crazy teams. It wasn't like you had to play Penn State. wasn't like you had to play Michigan. wasn't like you had to play, you know what I'm saying, yeah. um, Ohio State. You were looking at a team that you could have beaten. One last game in Iowa. Um, who else? Wisconsin. Wisconsin in there. Maryland was one of them. Yeah. Started with At Michigan home? State on the road. Yes. Yeah. All that were struggling. That was what you had in front of you. Right now, Nebraska finds himself in a very similar situation. Bob, just look at it. 
Just look at it, who they got in front of them. Next up is Penn State. Mm. You've got a whole week off before you even look at Penn State, and they're at the bottom tier of the conference. They're coming into your home. You're going to be able to get healthy and in good shape going into that game. You've got Michigan again, bottom feeder team. You got Rutgers on a revenge game coming in. And then uh Minnesota. Minnesota. You've got another revenge You've game. got two revenge games, two teams you should beat, and I think you also what got Indiana. Yeah, yep. Who they already beat, but nay, this but one will be again there. on the road. So you've got to find a way to get a couple. I see your opportunities at Ohio State. I see your opportunity is with Michigan. And then I think that puts you in a great position as long as you take care of home. Don't fall asleep against any of those teams that are coming in. You can't fall asleep against Rutgers. You can't fall asleep against uh, Penn State next week. You better come and play and take care of home and go and get a couple on the road. Yeah, I think I was counting. I think there's nine teams between five and seven wins yeah. in the Big Ten right it's now. Big, so two two games, a stretch, a run. If you can run off five out of eight, five out of seven, you can put yourself up into that top tier and look at a, a, a bye game. Now they do get a week off. They finally uh, they do get the you know the midweek off when they're I think they're the last team in the Big Ten to do so. You mentioned their next game Saturday, uh, uh, next Saturday against Penn State, 11 a.m. on BTN. Do you you know you played this good in that close? Maybe maybe again, and they've said it a few times. So credit to Coach Hoiberg for getting these guys going again. Maybe your best half of the season, uh, one of your better games of the season. Do you think a week off helps now? I mean, they're they're tired, obviously, but you know, you, you're coming off a hot game. Let me tell you what I would have done before this game, with the intensity that they played. I would have been like, "You've got a week off." I would have been like, "If I see these metrics, if you guys give me what you got, and it looks like you're you're giving me the effort, I'm talking about rebounds. I'm talking if you win certain areas, I'm giving you two days off." Like, yeah, I would put okay. the onus yeah. on them. Like, I would have given them that to get let them leave it all on the dangle floor. Dangle a carrot in front dangle, of them, yeah. yeah. That's what Austin said, dangle a carrot. I would have dangled a carrot up. You got two days off. But then when you come back, you're going to get after it. I need you to get after it. Uh, you're going to have good, uh, good uh, Super Bowl off. Enjoy Monday. Tuesday, we coming back ready for business. And if you're coming back slouching and slacking, Wednesday we going again. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's kind. Of, and I put the onus on them. I put the onus on their leadership. That's what I would have done. Well, another interesting part of this game too is just the fact that Michigan. Um, it, it it's hard to I guess verbalize you know how big of a test Michigan was because people put this in the must win game category which if you're Nebraska you you know obviously now you're up to back to 500 in conference play you would have lost a home game to the worst team in the Big Ten but they did just come off the victory over Wisconsin all that being said they've lost 10 of the last 12 games uh, Juwan Howard's gonna have a hard time st sticking around there in Ann Arbor and uh, they play without their their leading scorer on the road, as they have since I think January 10th. Uh, it looks to be maybe something to do with his grades. You keep him at home, uh, plays the home games, but um, so it's another one of those situations. And it kind of reminded me, of course, of the Minnesota game where they lost their leading scorer early in that game. This one on the road, obviously, uh, and that's what led to the frustration, along with a great half of Nebraska and allowing Minnesota to get back into it um, to. Uh, and they lost that game, and that was very disappointing. 
How how is a player strict? I mean, you're up forty five to twenty five. Maybe that little run by Michigan there at the end might have helped them a little, you know, helped get you going a little bit. How do you get the juice to come back for the second half uh, after, you know, you basically outside of outside of completely falling apart, uh, should have the win moving forward in the second half? What team? Nebraska? Nebraska, yeah. Um, that's where the carrot comes in. Mm-hmm. Th- this is why you do the carrot. Because yeah. if I don't see what I want to see or need to see on these right here, on these stat sheets right here, uh, y'all will be at practice on Monday. Like, so I leave the onus on them to give me the effort, and they did. You know, obviously there was a game of runs. They had a couple. And and look, the runs happen not by stupid turnovers like it's been in the past, uh, not by dumb shots that it's been in the past, but it just happened because you miss layups and you miss – a couple of opportunities you gave them, a couple of extra rebounds uh, that maybe they shouldn't have had, uh, a couple of and ones, you know, and it, and it happens. But you came back and you you quieted it. Mm-hmm. You didn't let them have those extended uh, droughts that Nebraska has had in the past. Uh, they 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 you know they may have a five, and, and I talked about that mm-hmm. about having Nebraska eliminate the big runs, the 10, 11, 12 0 runs. Minimize it to five to six, and then squelch that, kibosh mm. it, mm. and then you you'll get back in order. That's why I think Alex starting the second half with the and one was so big. You just got done giving up a twelve two run. Uh, Burnett hits that corner three at the buzzer. So Michigan was really ten points better than Nebraska over five minutes, but Nebraska was thirty points better over the previous sixteen. Okay, you can live with that. But if Michigan scores first in the second half. I wonder if Nebraska tightens up a little bit, but getting the high-low with Alec, getting him the layup, he completes the and one, kind of felt like, okay, yep, we're back, we're in control. Even though Michigan went down and scored on that same possession, Nebraska scored first. Mm -hmm. And I think that set the tone for the second half that, okay, yeah, Nebraska gave up that run. It was a couple kind of garbage threes at the very end. They still count the same. But you reestablished in the second half by scoring first and really held Michigan at arm's length. That's why I think the 20-point final margin is big. Because Michigan cut it to 20 at the half. So, no, Nebraska didn't play as well in the second half. You would have liked them to push it back to that 25-26 mark. But if it ends up a 17-18, 19-point game, even though it's one possession different, it just feels like he didn't do everything you could. Ending it at 20 was, hey, we kept it in cruise control. We answered everything that they wanted to do in the second half. And I think you can go home feeling a little bit better about making it look pretty enough. What I also will say is, They've been rattled. This is why Michigan threw it at them. They've been rattled by zones over the last two games Mm -hmm. while they were on the road. Weren't able to get really good shots. It allowed the team to either make a run, get back into it, uh, push a lead. Uh, They didn't handle it very well. So you can tell what I love about the staff and, you know, Fred Hoiberg and the staff is they've learned from some of their mistakes. Some, not all. But they they addressed it and it looked more powerful calm and they were able to get good looks and good shots out of the zone for the most part even when they recognized it was a matchup mm-hmm. uh, and they were able to still run like it's good recognition now I'll tell you there was some bad recognition stuff and I'll address that at another time I'll jump in on the zone really quick Nebraska when Michigan first went zone got good looks but missed them the first few possessions and then they settled and then they stood they kind of went away from it they did better in the second half But Strick, you and I were talking about this. 
teams are going to go zone more and more often because I think once you get Nebraska in stand-around mode, they struggle to get out of it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Michigan went back to man, and Nebraska got back into movement, right? Yeah, Nebraska has some guys that can go get a bucket. Bryce Williams, Casey Tomonaga, Rink Mast. But as we saw in the first 16 minutes of the game, and as you've seen throughout the year, Nebraska is at its best when it's moving, when everyone is involved, when you don't know who it's going to be that gets the matchup, that gets the open shot. But against the zone, yeah, Nebraska did okay. They got fine looks the first few possessions, but guys were standing around. That's how Mm -hmm. Michigan got back into it on defense, too, because when Nebraska stands on offense, it starts standing on defense. Good point. He's Austin Orman. He is Eric Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet, and I am Jake Bakov. And uh, let's take a quick break. Nebraska wins this one 79-59. to 59. Let me pull it up here. Uh, was the BTN graphic of the streaks that they've knocked off now. So they had lost 11 straight to Michigan State coming into this game, 7 straight to Kansas State, 7 to Indiana, 7 to Northwestern, and 8 to Michigan coming into this game. All those coming into the season, and they've won all those games. And part of it's like, Man, that's unbelievable. And then another part of it's like, oh, yeah, we were winning like nine, seven games a year uh, in the first couple of years under, under Coach Hoiberg. Strict, does that do something like a little bit of a historical feel? I mean, you, that's now five teams that you've really struggled against, four of them in Big Ten play. As you're kind of starting a season or going through a season and you start to, you know, see a stat like that or ch- kind of check that off your off your list, does that, does that get the team going at all, you think? I think it's just part of the growing lessons of becoming a good team or becoming a great team. Um, Those type of wins, they're signature to you and your character as a team. The the home record is, 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 is huge for you as a program because one thing it's hard to do is to go from mediocre to just astonishingly great, unless you add like an Allen Iverson type mm. to your program, or uh, just a, I'm, I'm talking about a significant type of person that literally changes the dynamic yeah. of what you have on your program. You add, a, you know, a Chris Weber, you add a Kevin Garnett type, somebody a Kobe Bryant type. Somebody, Carmelo Anthony, yeah, like one title you for Syracuse. That type of caliber of person to your program, which can take you from mediocre to you know a meteoric uh, a meteoric rise uh, in the standings. Now that's where they've grown. Now it's how do you learn to win on the road? That's the next phase. That's the next step. This is why I don't get too upset about it. It's all part of the growth and the learning process. It's great to have those streaks snapped. But here's the thing. Indiana, get them again on the road. Go win an assembly hall. Facts. Michigan, you get them again at the Chrysler Center. Haven't won there in the Big Ten. Oh, and by the way, they have Doug McDaniel when they play at the Chrysler Center. Yeah. It's a similar team, mm-hmm. but it's a different team. It pushes Burnett to, to guard number two, where I think he's better suited. Uh, pushes Llewellyn down a little bit, where I think he's better suited. So, yes, you snapped the streaks. It's not nothing. But you have a chance to make that emphatic by not just beating those teams, but sweeping those teams, mm-hmm. that's going to be the real test here is if we see that growth from Nebraska in season to get over that hump and then not let the boulder roll back down the hill but keep pushing it. Yeah, it's interesting too because I do, you know, just kind of think about, you know, you'll still hear a fan there to get frustrated with the road losses and start calling for, for Hoiberg's job. But I think you really got to remember a majority of this team coming back. There's, you know, he's not anywhere on the hot seat this year and just, 
you know, you can start to look at some of those things, some of these things that they've accomplished as opposed to what they've done. What did they do year one? Right. Year one was a, was a, um, a character change. It was like, it's like you've been living on the street and you don't know anything about great, great, great. There's a movie called um, Trading Places. Eddie Murphy living on the street, bum. You know that. Not that that's. I'm not. I'm not coming. I'm just giving an example. Mm-hmm, right. I'm not coming against that because we know hard times. It's hard for people and that. But he's. This is the movie. Mm-hmm. He was a bum, and then he ends up meeting two wealthy guys that run a an investment firm. Change his life just like that, right? So he goes from that from the outhouse to the penthouse overnight, right? So that's one of the hardest things because there's still a mentality change that has to happen. They, Nebraska, had that. That was year one. Defense, defensive-minded, learning how to play together, a whole new system offense that I didn't really see because you had Bryce and there was a lot of one-on-one, a lot of... McGowan's. You know, McGowan's, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that Bryce. And Verge and those guys. Mm-hmm. But you were able last year to take a young team, mold them, get a character identification of yourself, and then become what you were hoping to become when you first got here. It happened. Now you've got to, what's next? What's the next level? Mm -hmm. And this is what you're seeing now. Home record the way that it is. Now what's next? They're on the verge of being able to do something great. And I talked to Bach about that earlier. That's how the football team was. Mm-hmm. They're sitting on the verge of being able to do something great. Mm-hmm. Nebraska basketball is sitting right there right now. And you look at the end of their, their schedule, it's not crazy. You've got an opportunity to do something great. Let's take a look at that when we get back and, 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 and finish things off. We've got a lot. we still got a big segment coming, but we do have to take a quick break. Nebraska now 15-1 and one at home after a 79-59 victory over Michigan. We'll be back with more Hoops Post Game on 93.7 The Ticket. We're back here on the Hoops Post Game Show on 93.7 The Ticket, brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. Thanks once again to Action uh, for sponsoring our post game show this year. They've been riding with us for a few years now. Nebraska with a 79 to 59 victory over Michigan improves to 17 and 8 on the season, 7 and 7 in conference play, and of course 7 and ho- 7 and 0. Oh, at home uh, in conference play. And again, we, we mentioned it briefly there, a big victory for Nebraska over Michigan in particular because now they are 15, well, I should say 2-15 and 15 against Michigan, their first victory over the Wolverines since 2018. Uh, and 2-15, and 15, by the way, since joining the Big Ten. Uh, absolute big, big-time win for Nebraska. 29-3 scoring run in the first half. Uh, led to a 45-25 to 25 a first half lead. Nebraska ends up again with a 20 point win in Michigan. We talked about it briefly as well with this is that their star player, uh, Doug McDaniel, was not in the game. Again, he's been sitting out road games in general. Let's just go ahead and and, and talk about what people are, are thinking here is Nebraska does have a home game coming up against Penn State, so you feel pretty good about that. But how about the return to Michigan against Doug McDaniel? Uh, We've seen Nebraska, you know, like the Northwestern splits, obviously, home and away. 
Uh, do you guys expect Nebraska by that point? That'll be the final game of the regular season for Nebraska uh, to have figured out their road woes and, and, and feel like they've got an advantage over Michigan? I'm in the process of pulling up Michigan's remaining schedule. So Michigan has tomorrow and Monday to get ready for Illinois. They got road. the hardest schedule, I think. They host Michigan State, <laughs> go to Northwestern, host Purdue, <laughs> go to Rutgers, go to Ohio State for a rivalry, and then host Nebraska for senior day. That's going to be the one that they think. L, mm-hmm. L, 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 potential, potential, and we'll see. Like, Michigan, I don't think, is winning any of the next four games. Given how their season has gone, I think they will be pretty close to full-on quit mode. Checked out. So it's unfortunate to say. I mean, I think Juwan Howard's a pretty good coach, but things, like you said, have kind of backslid a little bit. Um, Curious to see where that team is. But even if that's where I think Michigan's going to be, it'll be different because senior night, because McDaniel is playing, and, I mean, Michigan knows Nebraska's road record. And we talked about this with football two-strike, right? Michigan State was ready to quit in football season. Yeah. They were just waiting for the end of the season. But Nebraska let them hang around and hang around yeah. and hang around and win that game. That's why I wanted to see a killer instinct from Nebraska tonight. Push 30 to 35. Push 35 to 40. Mm-hmm. Not give up that, that 12 to 2, that 8-0 run at the end of the half. Because, yeah, you were in control. You were in cruise control. That's fine. You, you did what you're supposed to. You won the game. But... This team needs to figure out a killer instinct because if you let Michigan hang around like that at home with probably its best player, that might be a bad loss and leave a bad taste in the committee's mouth, maybe leave you with work to do in Indianapolis. Um, They've got one of the toughest schedules coming up ahead of you. Another one that's going to be pretty tough is uh, Northwestern. They've got still a couple of tough ones. Uh, Wisconsin's probably got one similar to yours. Illinois still has a few tough ones out there. So you, you... if you want to be great, you've got a chance with the schedule that you have to run it, run off a nice, nice little five out of seven, you know, type of run. That that puts you in great category because of the, the what's left in in front of others. And if things hold true to form, meaning home teams dominate, mm-hmm. then if you can go get a few of these on the road, you're looking very special at the end of this session when it all you know, pans out. And like we said, uh, Penn State, the next game, that'll be a week from today. You get the week off. Then you have at Indiana against Minnesota at home, who all, all, all of a sudden is actually one of the better teams in the Big Ten, at Ohio State against Rutgers at home, and then at Michigan uh, to finish it off for Nebraska. So, Strick, here we are. Another big victory. Another another energy, a lot of energy in the building at, in, in Pinnacle Bank Arena. Do you have faith that this was is a turning point in Nebraska, or, or like what is what is it about Pinnacle Bank Arena where Nebraska is almost unstoppable as opposed to going on the road? Is it that energy from the crowd? Um, no, it's 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 take care of home. It's the messaging. Mm-hmm. It's look, we're we we may struggle on the road. We may not be great on the road, but we take care of home. That's that's the start of, of of having a good team. So I'm I'm going to say they've just taken pride in being difficult. Where in the past it just it was like kind of a nonchalantness about the approach about when teams would come in. 
they have an approach at home where we don't care who you are. You know, outside of Creighton, it, it just seemed like they laid down in Creighton. I, I don't know. They just they didn't have any. Creighton was just giving them the business. But Creighton, Creighton had revenge on their mind because you came into their building and did them dirt. You know, so they didn't like that. So, but I'm gonna say that the key to what's left in front of them is you have to figure out how to drum up that type of fire and energy without people doing it. It, like it's easy to get air in your tires when you have a compressor. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Mm. It's easy when someone's pumping and priming. You got a bike yeah. and you got, but it's hard if you got to blow on that thing. Pause. When, you, <laughs> when you've got to do it yourself yeah. without the help of a mechanism. Also pause. It's <laughs> pause. To, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's difficult to have to drum up that fire within you. Mm. It's got to be something in you that just, you know, says I'm going in here and I'm about to sit down and bump your couch and I'm stepping. You tell me to take my shoes off. I ain't taking my shoes off. I'm walking on your carpet. Like you got to have that type of mentality on you when you go into somebody else's house. I don't care what you say, what your rules are. I'm coming in. I'm getting my milk, your milk. Sitting down eating your cereal, and I'm just, and then what you gonna do? I'm, I'm chomping. Make yourself that's, a home. That's way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially because Nebraska is gonna be favored in some of these road games. I think that's even more important for this team to take that underdog mentality on the road. I think Nebraska, I don't wanna say they go in too confident. They shouldn't, having not won a conference game on the road. But if you have to create bulletin board material for yourself, yeah. figure something out. Like, Illinois, right? Nebraska clearly was was not the favorite in that game. I think that helped. Now, I know they weren't the favorite at Northwestern as well, but I think in their minds they thought, we're even with Northwestern. You know, this is this is a gettable one. They didn't come in with that same that same fire and that same spark until it was way too late the last five minutes of the game. So we give, you know, the best teams a lot of crap for, you know, making up bulletin board material. But if that's what it takes for Nebraska, shoot, go get it. All right, I'm going to ask you guys the same question. I want you to answer it at, at the same time. I'll give you three seconds after I, an, I ask it, though. 17 wins into the season for Nebraska. Who is Nebraska's best player? Answer in three, two, one. Rick Mass. PBA. <laughs> you think Rick Mass, though? I think, I think um, without Rick Mass, ultimately... I, I, I think it's like getting in your car and not having an engine. So you're basically Fred Flintstone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'll say rank two. Bryce just has too many soft turnovers. Um, yeah. I don't think we've seen enough of Casey on the ball to fully unlock that, and he's disappeared a couple games. Wilcher's coming off the bench. And I think those are really the only options at that point so i think i think i'll say this as well when mast disappears like you notice it but i think mast has still had some sneaky under the radar box score lines whereas when bryce williams is out of a game he's out of the game mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting i i, I think you know because i think there's some people could come with with different answers for that but i think you're right i think the, the correct answer would be rank mass again he had another night and it doesn't always have to be from one area or the other it, no. you know could be his rebounding because it could be his assist numbers could be his scoring tonight it was kind of all, all three of those 11 uh, 8 and 6 and the 8 being assist uh for rank mass 
uh, put on a heck, of a heck of performance. Part of four Huskers in double figures, along with Josiah Alec, who probably had his best game as a Husker, 16 and 8. Um, Tominaga with 19 points. Uh, again, three of six from beyond the arc and 13 from Bryce Williams, who kind of got going a little bit more in the second half there. Uh, four rebounds as well for him. Um, how do we still if they f- get those rebounds back from from Alec on a yeah. regular basis? They can be okay. They don't necessarily need him to be in double digits, but if he gets you, you know, a good eight to ten a night, just off of hustle, just off of positioning, just off of putbacks, just off of if he if if he, they can be they can be okay. Yeah, I mean because all the others are going to do their thing on different times. Every now and then you're going to probably have Josiah Alex show up. Depends on the matchup and the situations because what ends up happening on scouting report on that they're going to start looking at who had the good night, and there's what you would see. You see one of the best defenders will go on CJ. When CJ was hot, they put the best guy on him, and I'm talking about they didn't give him a sniff, mm-hmm. right? And it's the same thing. Now watch watch what happens when they what they're going to do to Tamanaga this next game. And then this is where you're going to need somebody else to step up. It may be a brink mass. It may be Bryce, you know. Mm. But that's what happens. They they need to have those kind of shifts. And it needs to be those guys when the scouting report points at you, it needs to be this person that's ready to fill that gap and that mm-hmm. void and step up because it's going to be a little bit less on you than it is on him. Well, and, and we mentioned it too. They started the big lineup today uh, of Williams, Tominaga, Gary, Mass, and Alec. Did you guys see? Because Gary was subbed out rather quickly for, for with Lawrence. Did you see? Was there any reason beyond no. that other than uh, maybe to get a ball handler? Because that's the one thing. And I and I know they're trying to get Lawrence off the bench. He, he seemed to like that role. Um, that's the one thing with that that big lineup is you don't. Not that Lawrence is playing in position naturally as your primary ball handler. Um, but what do you guys think about the big big lineup? It just that that is the one kind of weak. I wish, yeah, there's weaknesses with any lineup, but that is kind of the alarming weakness, I suppose, with the start, that time to game. time for me. It just depends. It, it should be situational. That's the way I view it. Yeah. I think this was one of those situations. I understood why they did it with Northwestern, but it, it, you've got to you've got to do it with Alec with limitations. I didn't love it, and I told Strick as much before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of Josiah Alec tonight. It was a lot of Josiah Alec tonight. They did an okay job in the first half of getting him on some of those mismatches. He went at read a couple times. It scared the daylights out of me, but it worked <laughs> out a couple times with the dunk, the reverse layup. In the second half, I think that was more what I picture from Josiah Alec, where Michigan went that matchup zone, and they got masked to Alec high-low with uh, Burnett on the, or Llewellyn on the bottom there. Um, not a fan of the big lineup in general. If you need it for spurts, it's good to have. Um, the lineup that scared me was Lawrence, Hoiberg, <laughs> Wilcher, Gary, Alec. Yeah. Mm. It worked. Nebraska extended the lead, but they went to that, and it was 18-7. to 7. Like, still a game early on. Nebraska went to that lineup, and I turned to Strick, and I said, who's, who, who's getting the buckets here? Who's scoring? Like, really, the only consistent offense in that lineup is Jamarcus turning the corner. But Nebraska, to its credit, dug in on defense. That group helped it extend the run, bought time, Um so it worked out in the end. So you, you got away with experimenting, and I think you found a couple different groups that you can throw rebounded. out situation. They did really well. They rebounded, which was I was surprised of. I thought they mm-hmm. would have gotten killed, but they mm-hmm. actually did a rebound. Uh, there's something I noticed, too, and, and, and we had talked about it. It's being on a string. Mm-hmm. What I mean by being on a string is is ludicrous. I'm not saying the situation is ludicrous. <laughs> it's the song is ludicrous. 
When I uh-huh. move, you move just like that. <laughs> there you go. So what what ends up happening, and I saw it happen, and I I talked to him before this actually happened in the game. Um, they what what happens is there's such a hard front or a hard uh, a half deny, and you get out of position as a big man because they're going from the top instead of from the low. They don't want it to be caught. They want it to be to where they catch it. They've got they've got the low side to where that individual could be able to help on any baseline moves. Mm-hmm. What happened is shot goes up. Little little uh, Sam Hoiberg goes in, puts body on the big man, and I was telling him that's the type of stuff I would do. But whenever I did that, my weak side guy would always know to come get mine. If I go over there to help my guy, you come get mine. And then they got caught with an offensive rebound, I think a foul. It might have been even an and one, but I know it was definitely a free throw because Tamanaga didn't move you move just like that. <laughs> got stuck, ball watching, weak side rebound because he didn't go help his guy. That's the stuff they got to clean out, clean up. I hope they do that in practice or they're in, the, in the film watching session. Get an understanding of that. Staying too long on double teams and helping on rebounds. That's another part. Well, it makes it tough to play Kese in crunch time, right? You got yeah. away with it today. Like, we know is not a lockdown defender. He's opportunistic. He has pretty good hands, can get some steals here and there. He'll be pesky. But because he's not the best at defense, this is where I think, Strick, you called it fake effort. Oh, right? Jay, Jay Foreman would say, don't confuse fuse movement with progress. Mm. Like, what's the purpose of Kese stringing that double out even further? If he's not going to pick the pocket on that next dribble, there's no point to it. Because then you just put your other guy in the harder position. He got away with standing in place for a rebound. We're not asking him to out-jump six, seven guys. We're asking him to go hit someone, get a body. You know, hit him with the forearm, make sure he doesn't come, turn, go get it. Like It's not a big ask. You need Kese Tamanaga on the floor for his offense in crunch time most times. But if he's going to stand there, get rebounded over, and not even give effort or put guys in hard positions, that might come back to bite Nebraska at the worst time. Well, you'll see a lot of season left for Nebraska and a lot of season left for us here on the Hoops Post Game Show. Thanks again to Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical uh, for sponsoring. Once again, a lot of season left, but we actually do have a week off with the team here uh, before we get the Hoops Post Game Show. But you guys will be back for the block this week. No? I'll be gone. Are you oh, gone? Stricky. Okay. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about that time. <laughs> I'm going to miss you, Strecky. Come back soon and yeah, safe, but, please. But I'm going to, I may, I may, depending on how things go. I'll definitely be watching. I might be sending y'all messages. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll keep a, keep a close eye on that. Of course, tomorrow, our big game party from Buffalo Wings and Rings. Come and join us out there. Uh, but that wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, we'll send you back up to CBS National Radio. Thanks for joining us. Once again, Huskers get the win, 79-59. to 59. We'll see you next week.